Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast. We are so glad you're with us. We're a Bible-based church from Ontario, Canada, and together we're on a mission to reach people far from Christ and see them become devoted followers of Him. You know, each and every day we direct our attention somewhere. In this message, we're going to learn about how what we focus on determine what we see, hear, and feel. The thoughts and feelings we experience can be vastly different when we set our mind on things above. We get to choose the station we're tuning into. With that, let's find out how. When Pastor Nathan brings us Winning the War in Your Mind, Part 3, Choose Your Station. Hey, today we're in a third week of a message series uh, called Winning the War in Your Mind. This is based on Craig Rochelle's book uh, by the same title, Winning the War in Your Mind. And we decided that we were going to kick off the new year by focusing in on the thoughts that we think. And this is really important because the thoughts that we think actually shape all of our life. The thoughts that we think actually determine so many things. And I love this. Craig Rochelle said this. It's worth repeating each and every week. He says, your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. The thoughts that you think impact so many different areas of your life. You weren't here last Sunday. We talked about the lies that we believe, the lies, the thoughts that come in our head that are not true, that are not of God, but we believe them, and they have all kinds of negative side effects and impacts in our life. And we looked at 2 Corinthians, um, we'll throw uh, 2 Corinthians 10. Paul says this, for though we live in the world, we don't wage war as the world does, okay? There is a battle and we're all in it, but it's not what you might think at first glance. It says, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. And again, when we think of the word stronghold, we think of like these heavenly sort of things that are set up against us. But notice what he says in the next part of the passage. He says this, we demolish arguments. How many have been in an argument? everybody's been in an argument and and an argument is two people disagreeing and different thoughts and you're going back and forth and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought we arrest our thoughts and we said this last week thoughts will come into your mind not every thought that's in your mind is yours that's the first thing you need to know right there's grandma's thought there's CNN's thought there's your, your, your spouse's thought, your, your friends, like all of this stuff's coming to your head. Not every thought is yours. And so we have to take it captive. We have to, we talked last week about a ride check, right? The police will pull your car over and check. Where are you coming from? Where are you going? What you've been drinking? And we got to do that with our thoughts. A thought comes into your mind. You don't assume it's true. You stop it and you take it captive to make it obedient to Christ. Okay. So you guys with me? We got to stop every thought, arrest it. And because not every thought is true, and I said this too, not every feeling is true. I didn't say not every feeling is real. Feelings are real, right? You know this. Like feelings aren't just things in your head. They actually affect your body and it affects your physiology. So feelings are real, but that doesn't mean they're true. And I think all of us have been in a moment where we believe something. Maybe we believe somebody did something nasty or said something nasty about us and we we felt anger towards them and then we found out it was a misunderstanding. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, That wasn't true, what I was believing, and my anger that I was feeling toward the person is now gone. So our thoughts and feelings are always changing, and they're not always true, which is why our thoughts and feelings do not make a good foundation for our lives. If you're going to build your life on something, build it on the Word of God, because it doesn't change. It's truth, and it's consistent, and so we build our life on God's Word, not on our thoughts and feelings. Lastly, we'll say this just in recap. Your thoughts and your beliefs, the things that you believe to be true about yourself, about others, and about God will impact your relationships, right? 
It will also impact your physical health. Talked a little bit about this, how if you have anger and resentment and you hold on to that, it'll eventually start to cause disease and all kinds of things in your body. So it'll affect your physical health. It will affect your mental health. Next Sunday as we close out the series, we'll talk a little bit about mental health and anxiety and how all this stuff uh, connects. And then lastly, it, it affects how we behave, how we, what we speak, what we say, how we treat other people. So title of my message uh, today is this, uh, choose your station. Can we all say that together? Choose your station. I'm regularly saying how much I don't know about biology, but I do know some stuff about technology. And so I feel like I can speak with some authority to this. So I've got my, I've got my little uh, boom box here with me. Um, it, it's, I'm not going to, I'm not going to use it. It doesn't work because it requires 10 D batteries. <laughs> Probably lasts for 30 minutes and then we just throw it in the ocean, you know, like the good old days. It's terrible. Um, so we got this, we got this old boom box, right? And on this boom box, there's a radio and I don't know if you can see this, but across the top, there's this dial with all these frequencies. And I've got this, I got the wheel over here. And as I turn it, I'm changing, uh, the, the, the station on the FM transmitter. Now what you may or may not know, I mean, everyone knows how a radio works, but do you really know how a radio works? Okay. Basically, sound waves are energy that moves through the air. So I'm speaking to you, and there's waves coming off, and you're receiving those waves with your ears and interpreting it as sound. Now, what you need to understand is the human ear can hear sound waves from about 20 hertz, 20 cycles, that's like waves, that's the speed, to about 20,000 hertz. And that would be a really high-pitched sound, like at the top of what you can hear. Some of you are getting older, you can't hear anything at 20,000 hertz at all. But we have this window that we can hear. And if you go above that, you can't hear all the sounds that are above it. Around 35,000 hertz is where a dog whistle is. And you can't hear it, but your dog can tune into that frequency and they can hear that. That's why they come calling when you... And they come because they can hear it and you can't. Now, if you keep going higher, if you keep the frequency higher and higher and higher, you eventually get into AM radio frequencies... And then you get into shortwave radio, and then if you keep going higher, you get into FM radio, and if you keep going higher, you get into megahertz and gigahertz, so you've got wireless phones, and you've got televisions and radio. So right now, if you can imagine, let's listen, maybe hear a fan, nothing else. But if we, could, if we had the capacity, we could hear so much noise. All of the AM and FM radio stations are flying through the air right now. We could pick them up with this device. All of the Wi-Fi signals, wireless mic signals, radio stations, cell phones, all of that is flying through the air in the form of sound. You just can't hear it. And what's incredible about a little radio like this is that we can actually dial in a frequency, right? What's, what's the wolf? 99? 101.5. We could dial in that if we're feeling like some classic rock, right? Da, da, da. We just go there. 105, there it is. And then, if, if we wanted to lose our, our house and our dog and our kids, we dial over to 105.1, that's the country station, you know. So, the thing is, you could, you could dial in whatever, you want oldies, you want classical music, you want to listen to the French channel. I mean, there's a French channel, I found that one, that's pretty cool. I mean, you can, you can dial in whatever you want to hear, it's out there. All you got to do is dial in to the right frequency. And in the same way, each and every one of us has a filter, Okay. Each and every one of us has a filter that determines what we see, what we hear, and what we feel. You have a dial in your head that tunes you in to a particular frequency, okay? Have you ever noticed that two people can experience the same thing with completely different results? This morning, we could have two guests in our church sitting in the same row experiencing the same service, okay? 
And, and I mean, same music, same sermon, same everything. And those two people could leave and one person could say, you know what I experienced at Pathway Church? I experienced religious and hypocritical people who were mean. And then the other person sitting in the same row could say, I, I saw people who love Jesus and love one another. It was amazing. It's like, how is that possible? And, and the reason why it's possible is because it's the same information, different filter. Can I tell you, I know you guys are wonderful, but if you came to church looking for hypocrisy, I assure you, you're going to find it. <laughs> you, just, you just will. I mean, there is not a person listening to me today who doesn't have some hypocrisy in their life. And if we pulled in a micro, micro, microscope, what do you, a magnifying glass, that's the word. If I pulled one of those out and I investigated your life, man, we would find hypocrisy. I don't even need to do that. I can just ask your kids. They would tell me all about what mom and dad do and don't do. It's great. So what you're looking for will determine what you're going to find. Didn't Jesus say, seek and you will find? And this is true. No matter what you're looking for, I guarantee you, you look hard enough, you will find it. The question is, what, what frequency, what channel are you going to be, what channel are you going to be tuned into? It's amazing. Um, you can give somebody feedback. Hey, you got mustard on your nose. And so, one person could be like, how dare you? And someone else would be like, oh, thank you. And they would be like, really appreciative. It's like, same information, same situation, totally different filter. I'm telling you, sometimes the problem is the filter. The problem is you just tuned in to the wrong frequency altogether. You guys with me? All right. In, in the book of Numbers, let me set this up. In the book of Numbers, there, uh, Moses has led the nation of Israel out of Egypt, out of Egyptian slavery. They've met God at Mount Sinai. They received the law. They've already seen many miracles. God's protected them, destroyed the Egyptians, fed them in the wilderness, brought them water out of a rock. Like there's all these incredible miracles. And they come right to the edge of the Jordan River and they can kind of see into the land that God had promised to these people. And they know that God had made a promise for them to have it. And so what Moses does, he says, we're going to pick a representative. We got to love representatives. We're going to pick a representative from each of the 12 tribes. And so you get these 12 leaders, 12 representatives, and we're going to send them as spies into this land. So we're sending them across with two jobs. Job number one, figure out if this land is a good land. Is it all that God said it would be? Because they hadn't been there in a long time. So they're like, is, is it good? So they're going to figure that out. And the second thing, take notes. You know, I want you to take notes on the number of cities, the size of the walls, like what are our obstacles? Because... We're going we're gonna to take our army and we're going to go in and conquer this land. So we need recon. Okay? So these 12 spies, they go in and they come back. Okay? Now, when they come back, <laughs> there are two groups. One group is like, this is going to be a problem. And the other group is like, yay, let's go get it. And what's incredible to me is you have these two vastly different opinions on how to move forward from the same group of people looking at the same information. Let's look at what the couple things to note. Number one, the group that was negative was much larger. That's probably usually true in life, isn't it? It's like we're wired to like look for problems and be negative. So like it's usually the case that the vast majority of people are negative. So the larger group is negative and uh, here's what they say. Let's take a look. It says, we came to the land, Numbers 13, 27. We came to the land which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey. In case you don't know, that's a metaphor. <laughs> That milk and honey means it's a good land. It's, it's kind of land where you grow your crops and feed your family. It's a good, good, good land. And this is its fruit. They would have brought back, it says they brought back like a big stick with these huge grapes. 
So they're bringing back to all the people who are in the desert. They're like, look what we got. This land's amazing. So you can imagine everyone in the crowd who's there, all the nations gathered to hear the report. They're pretty excited. Like, this is all God promised us. And there's, there's all these wonderful grapes as an example. But look what they say next. However. Everybody say however. However, however is not a good word. <laughs> however is like the word but. It changes everything that you just said goes out the window. Some Sundays I'll come home from church and, you know, I really want to do a good job of my message. And I'll say to my wife, Jessica, I'll say, honey, how did I do with my sermon? She'll be like, you know, it's really good, Nate. However, it's like a pop in the balloon. Everything just all the air come. And then when she asks, honey, how do I look in this dress? I'm like, really good. Just really good. We'll just leave it at that. Um, so the word, the word, however, the word, but just says, yeah, 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 that's all true. But however, and then they begin to focus on all the obstacles. Look at this. The people who dwell in the land are strong. They're stronger than us. And the cities are fortified. The walls are really high and very large. And besides we saw, oh, this is, this is bad. We saw the descendants of Anak there. Now, for those that have studied the Old Testament, the descendants of Anak were a, a, a group, were giants. And so you'll know the story of David and Goliath. There's this huge mammoth guy. He was a descendant of Anak. Okay, there were some of these guys around. And so they're like, they are living in the land that we're going to go. And, and all they could see were obstacles. All they could see were the problems. They were tuned into problem 103.6. That's all they could see were the obstacles. But then notice what Caleb, Caleb and Joshua are the two spies who disagree with this report. And here's what Caleb says in the next verse. He says, he quieted the people. It's like, shh, shh, calm down, calm down, calm down. And before Moses, and he says this, let us go up at once and occupy it. Now, I want you to notice something. Caleb does not disagree with any of the report they just gave. He's not like, oh no, the walls are small. Oh no, they're not really giants. They're just slightly large men. Like he doesn't, none of that. He, he doesn't downplay the information they reported was true. The problem was their filter. And he says, let us go at once and occupy it. And then he goes on to say this, for we are well able to overcome it. See, he looked at all the same information, all the same information. If you go to the next one, all the same information, different filter. Okay. Same facts, different filter. You with me? So, so they're looking at the walls. They're looking at the giants and they're like, no problem for God. We got this. The only thing that was different, the only thing that was different was their, was their filter. And I think that today, as we consider this, uh, our filter actually really, really matters. And if we want to, if we want to change our filter, who wants to change their filter today? Got a few people. Yeah. A few people like, yeah, I want to change my filter. If we want to do that, here's what we've got to do. We've got to change our focus. And here's why, because what we focus on impacts our filter. Okay. What we focus on, what we pay attention to actually impacts the filter and the lens through which we view, hear, feel what you look at, what you focus on. I mean, let's play a game. You guys with me? You guys want to play a little game? Here's what we're going to do in the next. I'm looking around the room to see. Okay. Here's what I want you to do. I'm going to give you guys 10 seconds and I want, this is going to be a competition. I want you uh, to count as many objects that are red or have red in them in the room in 10 seconds. Let's go see who can get the most. Look around the room, red objects. Red objects. All right. Everybody's looking. Okay, stop. Stop. Everybody up. Eyes up here. No more cheating. Eyes up here. Let me ask you a question. How many blue items did you see? <laughs> I heard somebody say none. 
Why? Because you put a red filter on your brain. You started to look for one thing and your mind has this powerful ability to tune out everything else. I'll tell you a little bit of science. I, I dare go here. There is something at the base of your brain stem. It's about the size of your pinky. And it's called the RAS, the Reticular Activating System. Big word. And what this little thing does at the stem of your brain, it, apparently it, it t- when you wake up and, and go to sleep and all that stuff, but what it does is it acts like a filter. So everything that you hear and everything that you see and everything that you touch, all of those nerve signals come up through the RAS and it has to determine what to do with all this information. Now what you have to understand is at any given second, your eyes are picking up tens of thousands of bits of information, like all the things that are going on, everything is moving. You're hearing sounds, not just me, but you're ignoring the person in the row beside you that's talking or breathing loudly. Like all of that stuff is coming in and your RAS is filtering it all out. Okay? That's what this thing, that's what this thing does. And what's incredible is whatever you determine to focus on, it starts ignoring everything else. Have you ever noticed, um, let's say, for example, you were interested in buying a white Honda Civic. Some of you know where I'm going with this because you've experienced it, right? So you look at all the white Honda Civics in the city and you finally pick the one and it's got the features and you buy the Honda Civic and then you're driving down the road and you're like, everyone drives a white Honda Civic. <laughs> like you, you thought you were the, like maybe a few in town and all of a sudden you're like, there's hundreds. There, you go to the mall and it's like, wow, oh, there's six of them in my row. And, and it's, it's not that there's more Honda Civics. It's that your filter, your RAS is now picking up on something that you would have previously ignored. There's lots of green Volkswagens out there. You're just not noticing them. Okay? And so what happens is the more you focus on something, the more you see it. Right? This, this, is, this, is, how our, our brains, this is how our brains work. It's why when you're in a noisy room and there's all these people talking, you can focus in on one person and hear what they're saying over the noise. Your RAS is hard at work, filtering out everything it doesn't need. So here's what's really important is that if we understand that that's how we work biologically, that's how our brains work, then we need to be really careful what we focus on. If all you want to focus on is the problems in your life, guess what's going to happen to your problems? They're going to get bigger. Guess what's going to happen to your problems? You're going to find them everywhere. You thought it was just your spouse. No, it's your kids. It's your neighbors. It's your boss. It's everybody. The more you look for something, the more you find it. It's it's absolutely incredible how, how this works. What you focus on affects what you see and hear and feel. Now, let's go back to our text. A few verses later, okay, they're giving their report. Caleb says, no, 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 we can do it. And then here's, here's what the other 10 say. You can go to the next one. It says this. We seemed to ourselves like grasshoppers. They just could not stop focusing on the giants that they saw. And they're like, we seemed to... Now, listen, these giants were bigger than them, but not like grasshopper or different. We seem to ourselves, they were seeing themselves through their own filter, right? And it says, so we seemed to them. This is incredible because not only are they looking at the giants through their fear filter, through their obstacle filter, but they're also interpreting what the giants are thinking through their... Have you noticed that we actually interpret what other people say and do through our own filter? I read this one study this week. It was so fascinating. It's called the SCAR experiment. And here's what they did. They, they, they had all these people participate in this study. And what they told these people, they said, we're doing a study to see how people respond to, you know, an ugly scar on someone's face. 
And, and we were going to do this study. And so, so they had a, a professional uh, makeup artist come in and draw a nasty gash on, the, on their face. And then they showed them in the mirror. It's like, oh, man, that's awful. And then they told the people, they put the mirror away, and they said, we're just going to touch it up so it doesn't smear. And they removed the scar without the person knowing. And then they sent the, the people that were participating in the study into a room full of people to have conversations with others. And do you know what happened when they came back? They reported people would not look me in the eye. They kept darting their eyes everywhere. People wouldn't talk to me. And it was because of the ugly scar. And like, so they had all of this feedback coming from these people who thought they had something on their face, but it wasn't actually there, which actually tells us that what we think about ourselves and what we think other people are thinking actually impacts our behavior. It's crazy. This is how this, this whole thing works. And it's incredible to me how often we apply our filter, right? Someone, I sent Pastor Nathan an email and he didn't respond. He must be mad at me. He doesn't like what I asked him. No, Nathan just doesn't respond to anything. <laughs> Anybody that's trying, like, I, I just don't, I, I have to keep it off because I get distracted so easily. I can't work. So I always have my phone off and then I'll look and I'm like, oh no, that was two days ago. And I'm responding. And, and so it's amazing how we can just like, maybe for you, you check your phone constantly. And if you don't respond to somebody, it's because you're mad, but that's your filter. And it's amazing how quickly we can Oh, my wife is, is being standoffish and it's like, oh, I must have done something. She's mad at me because, or maybe she's having a really hard day. Maybe she had a hard conversation with a friend. Like you just don't know, right? And so it's amazing how we take our filter and we start applying it not only to ourselves, but to everybody else around us. And, uh, and the, the reason why this is because if we're not careful, We'll interpret the actions of others through, through our filter. So there is something we can do about it. And this is this kind of where I want to get practical a little bit. There's something we can do, and it's called reframing. Reframing. We can reframe mentally the thoughts that we have, which are really, really helpful. So we can look at a situation or relationship from a different point of view, thereby changing its meaning. I'm sure some of you have done this before. Where you're thinking, oh, it has it this way, this way. And then all of a sudden you kind of reframe and look at it from a different perspective and a different lens. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, there's that old saying, walk a mile in someone else's shoes. That's actually a practical way to reframe the situation. You're like, oh, I can't believe they're so nasty. And then you live a week in their life and you're like, ah, I know why they're nasty. Right? And so we reframe by looking at the situation differently. I want to show you how Paul, Paul the Apostle did this. And in Philippians chapter 1, let me give you the setup. Uh, Paul is actually imprisoned. He wrote a bunch of letters from prison in Rome. And what's interesting is Paul uh, had long wanted to go to Rome to preach the gospel. He wanted to go to Rome as a preacher. He ends up going to Rome as a prisoner. And he's under house arrest for multiple years waiting for his trial. It's not what he expected, just like lots of us experience things we don't expect. Now, he could have written this. This is what Paul could have written if he was using a different filter. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me really stinks. That's in the Greek. As a result of all the injustice and hypocrisy I've been through, I'm giving up on my faith and never going back to church. That's the new complainer's version. I noted that down there. Okay, that's like, I would have been tempted if I were Paul, I would have been really tempted to say something like that. It's like, I've been faithful to God and I should be here standing on a soapbox teaching thousands of people about the, and instead I'm locked up in a dungeon writing letters. But Paul doesn't say this. Why? Because he reframes the situation. He, he's tuned into a whole different frequency than probably you or I would. Here's what he actually writes to the Philippians. Now I want you to know brothers and sisters. 
that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. See, if Paul was focused on Paul, how's the situation for me? It sticks. How's the situation for the advancement of the gospel? Paul's like, oh, it's really good. Like the fact that I'm here is going to have this huge impact. He continues to say this. So that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard. He's like, the, the head honchos, the imperial guard of Rome, they keep having shifts and they keep sending new people here and I'm telling them about Jesus. And then they're sharing it with their family and friends. And this is like permeating the royal court. Pretty awesome. And to the rest of, uh, to the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. So all the Christians in the region know that I'm here and that I'm standing up for my faith. And then, of course, we know that he writes all these letters that become part of the Bible that have encouraged millions and even billions of people throughout history. And all that happened because he was in prison. So Paul's like, hey, I could complain about this, but I'm going to reframe the situation. And when it comes to the gospel, this is a good thing. So here's the point. You can't control what happens to you. You can't, for the most part. But you can control how you, how you frame it. Here's, here's, here's what Paul continues to say in verse 14. Most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. He's like, because I'm in prison, standing up for my faith, awaiting my trial, there are other Christians who are now boldly proclaiming Jesus all over the place because I'm in this situation. Imagine if we could reframe our situation to go, man, you know what? This isn't all about me. And begin to shift the perspective away and and look at it from another lens and another angle. It changes absolutely everything. And so here's kind of where I want to close. I want to ask this question. What station will you choose? What station will you choose? As you, as you leave this place today, you're going you're gonna, to, as you go home, you're going to be picking stations as you go. I got my, uh, got my radio here. And, and just like I got this dial and I can, I can tune it in, right? If I want to, I can dial it over to uh, victim 104.3, right? <laughs> I can view my entire life and everything that's happened to me through the lens of victim. And so can you. We can all choose that. Or... I can, like Paul, I can dial it into purpose 103.6. I'm just making up numbers because it's fun. All right? I, you can, I can decide, do I want to be victim or go, I'm going to take what's happened to me and, and I'm going to move forward with purpose in what God is. And, and you just change the station. And as you do, you're going to get more of what you're tuning into, right? You can tune into problems 102.4. That's what the spies did, right? There's going to be obstacles in your life right now. I don't know what they are. But you can focus on them, and the more you focus on them, the bigger those problems are going to get, the more insurmountable they're going to seem. Or you can tune into God's solutions. I think there's a channel for that somewhere. Let's turn to one. Yeah. You know, it is so easy to point out problems. Some people think it's their spiritual gift. It's like, I can do it. I can tell everybody what's wrong. Like, I can tell you everything that's wrong with this church. You don't have to tell me. I know. We're working on it. But problems are easy to find. If you want to find problems in your marriage, problems with your kids, problems with your workmates, problems with your friends, easy, easy, easy. Do you know what's hard? Solutions are hard. But if you tune into the solution frequency and you open up and you say, God, would you help me to make this situation with my family member better? Would you help me to make this situation at work better? Show me what to do. And you start looking for solutions. Guess what you're going to find? Solutions. The Holy Spirit will be like, bam, do that. And it's, it's all determined by which frequency you choose to dial into. You can tune into AM, this is AM, Fear 66.6. It's easy to tune into Fear. Just tune into CNN. 
or whatever your conservative station is, tune in there. At the end of the world, the World Economic Forum, we're all going to die. China's going to invade. Like whatever, if you're looking for fear, it's everywhere. And I'll tell you what, a lot of us would be really, really, really benefited by shutting off the news. Because news that sells is bad news. New, like, I tell you, when there's an accident, everybody slows down and stares. It's just something about us. We're wired to look at tragedy and difficulty and harm and danger. We're wired for it. But what happens if we stop looking? And instead of fear, we start tuning into courage. Because courage isn't the absence of fear. It's the willingness to move forward in spite of it. To say, you know what? God's with me. And I'm taking a step forward. It's hard. It's scary. But I'm trusting God. Just like, see, I don't think Caleb and Joshua weren't scared. They just had more confidence in God and they took courage. We can take the land. We can do it. You can turn into, this is a good one, mankind's evil. And it's funny because people, we always look around and we go, oh, those people are so bad. The Russians. Like good guys, bad guys. We're always doing that. But can I tell you something? There's evil in the heart of every person. There's sin. And, and like, if you focus on evil and sin, you're going to find it everywhere. But you have an option. You can instead, instead of focusing on man's evil, which again, you'll find everywhere, you can focus on God's goodness and his faithfulness and his righteousness. And the more you look at that, the more you'll be drawn to it. It's incredible. A couple more. You can focus on what you don't have, 105.1. <laughs> That's definitely a country station. What you don't, I don't have, I don't have all the money my friends have. I don't get to do a vacation. I don't have a nice car. And you can focus on that. And you know what you're going to see? You're going to see more of what you you what you don't have and you're going to feel worse about yourself but instead of doing that you can change the channel and focus in on what you do have oh i have family that loves me oh i have a roof over my head i have food i have god's grace and his presence in my life and you begin to look at though even if you don't have much when you focus on that all of a sudden you realize what you do have and all that other stuff begins to to fade away here's one last one you can focus in on on who hurt you 106 or who helped you? Because if I asked you guys to do this one exercise, think of all the people that hurt you in your life, and you start going through, you're going to find one after the other, and you're going to start to sear with anger and bitterness and hate and resentment. But if you flip it the other way, and you change the station, and you go, who's helped me? And you go, I can't think of anybody. And I'm like, oh, wait, there was that one teacher. Oh, wait, there was that youth pastor. Oh, wait, my aunt always was there for me. And the more you focus on them, guess what? You're going to find more and more. And the more you do that, you're going to, all of a sudden, you're going to have a hundred people in your life. And the more you think of them, the more your heart is filled with what? Gratitude. And the only thing that changed is your filter. None of the facts changed. None of the circumstances changed. The only thing that changed was your filter. Let me read one passage of scripture and we're going to pray. Paul writes this to the Thessalonians, Paul and his companions. He says, rejoice when? That's called picking your station. Pray without ceasing. That's a decision. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Paul's like, you can determine where you set your focus. You can determine to be grateful. You can determine these things. So here's the question. Which station will you choose today? Would you pray with me? Father, as we, as we open up your word and as we think about the power of our thoughts, it's so easy for us to focus on what is negative. It is so easy for us to get caught in a web of lies. It's so easy to get caught in bitterness and anger and resentment. But God, I pray today that, that you, by your spirit, would empower us to, to tune into another station. That we turn our eyes and we turn our heart towards you. 
that we'd allow the good things that you've done and the promises you've given us to determine where we set our eyes for where we set our focus our attention will go there and those things that we focus on will become big in our lives. So Lord, help us to focus on you and the good things you've done. I pray, Lord, if there's anyone here today who's never put their trust and faith in, in Jesus, that they would first look to him. There's nowhere else to turn but to Jesus. And I pray they would do that today. Help us this week as we go from this place uh, to put this all into, into practice. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, that's it from us. Thank you so much for joining. Please stay connected with us. Be sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's Pathway Church PTBO. Hey, God is at work in this world, and we feel so blessed that we get to be a part of what he is doing. Have a great day wherever you're at, and we hope to see you soon.